You are now listening to This and That, a podcast collaboration about some of everything that's anything with your hosts, David and Brenda. Now, let's get to talking about This and That. Hello, This and That Nation. You are listening to another edition of This and That with David and Brenda. We're coming to you from Podcast Land Studio. And you are listening to Brenda, otherwise known as Miss Brenbren. And this is David, aka Dr. David, aka the Professor. And it is March the 15th, 2020, and we are coming to you with our 44th edition. We are very grateful for all of you who keep coming back and listening to what we have to say on our eclectic podcasts where we talk about everything that's anything. We talk about everything that's anything in order to inform, inspire, and impact. Let's do our normal routine of shout-outs to our listeners because we are very grateful that you keep coming back whether you are a first-time listener or whether you've been with us since day one or if you're somewhere in between. We thank you, thank you, thank you. And that goes to our listener base in the United States as well as international. So let's start with our shout-outs here in the United States. Now you do realize, David, that we are listened to in 31 states and over 100 plus cities in the U.S.? I think it's 32 states. Okay, 32 states in 100 plus cities in the U.S. That's right. And um, that includes Brunswick, Georgia. Seattle, Washington. San Francisco, California. Danville, Indiana. And we also want to give a shout out to all of our international listeners, which, by the way, hail from cities across 51-plus countries, including Auckland, New Zealand, Sao Paulo, Brazil, Port Elizabeth, South Africa, Santiago, Chile. We cannot go any further without saying or sending shout-outs to our military, the men, women, and canines, here in the U.S. as well as abroad. Thank you so much for your service. The dependents that are with you, thank you as well. And thanks goes out to the civilian support groups that are helping our men and women while they serve here in the U.S. and internationally. Also, let's give a shout out to all of our first responders, police, fire, 911, as well as to all the healthcare workers out there, RNs, LPNs, healthcare workers, emergency room workers, and so on. They've got, um, they're dealing with a lot now in, in this country, and uh, unfortunately, more is going to come their way. So, definitely a shout out to them. Uh, we thank you for your service and literally putting yourselves in harm's way in a lot of cases. Yes, thank you so very much. I couldn't agree more. Now, uh, David, we, like we said, we're being listened to both here in the U.S. and international. 
So where can people find our free podcast? Uh, they can find our free podcast uh, wherever they listen to podcasts. We're available on demand at all of the popular locations, such as our home base of SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Google Play Music, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Spotify, and many more. We're also available on all Alexa-powered voice-assisted devices. So while you can't call in to us on a 1-800 number or, or on any line for that matter, via telephone, uh, you can get in touch with us via email because that's how we want you to contact us with your comments, your suggestions, anything you really want to tell us. So, David, how do they reach us? They can send messages to our email address, which is thisandthat at aboutgreatercincinnati.com. That's this, the letter N is in Nancy, that, all nine characters together, at sign, aboutgreatercincinnati.com. Also, as far as comments are concerned, people can leave a comment at any of the um, comment, um, I was going to say suggestions, but essentially any of the comment locations where they're listening to this podcast. So that's Apple Podcasts, you can drop a comment there, SoundCloud, Spotify, and so on. We also look at those and people put comments there as well as send us email. And we just don't want you to uh, send us comments. Subscribe! That's correct. Um, subscribe to our podcast. Also, like and share as well amongst your social networks. We also have an email distribution list that folks can subscribe to. So you can send an email to thisandthat at aboutgreatercincinnati.com in order to sign up for the email distribution list and you'll know when we're um, about to drop a new podcast, uh, what that's about, we'll have uh, some thoughts you should know, things like that, and the like, all in that email newsletter. So what is our thought you should know for this edition? Well, Which happens to be, like I said earlier, edition number 44. Right. In um, this edition, our thought you should know is uh, focused on how to talk to your kids about the coronavirus, COVID-19. And we gave a hint about that. Es essentially, our suggestion is um, PBS Kids uh, have a great resource for parents. This is online. Uh, they've got uh, essentially like a sub-site, lots of links to videos, uh, talks, etc. This is PBS. Same folks that, um, you know, originally did Sesame Street and a whole bunch of other things. So Mr. Rogers, etc. So they know kids inside and out. This is a great resource. And um, um, myself and Ms. Brenbren can't take credit for finding this. This was actually sent to us by one of our loyal listeners, this link. So we want to th thank our loyal, one of our loyal listeners down in uh, Lawrenceville, Georgia, for this one. So our thought you should know um, focuses on how to talk to kids about the um, COVID-19 
coronavirus that's going around right now. Right, because they may know, um, they may have schools closed, so, you know, how do you talk to them and explain that, or they can't go to this or that event, or, you know, Uncle Jimmy um, or some neighbor has coronavirus, what does that really mean, so on and so on and so on. So how do you explain all these things to folks, social distancing, et cetera, explain that to kids, wash your hands and, and the like. So how does that tie into our show topics for today? Well, our, sh- our show topic, this is COVID-19, the coronavirus hunker down edition. We are going to get into essentially what folks, um, not, in, uh, not just in the U.S., but this is happening literally worldwide. You have uh, places that are shutting down, quarantining, self-isolating, etc. What do you need to do to cope with that? you and your loved ones, and so forth. So that is what this edition's theme is all about. So are we going to explain to folks who may not be familiar with the term hunker down, what that really means? I can do that right now. Hunker down, essentially this is, you know, American Southern dialect uh, speak, I would say. Dialect speak, I know. uh, I can see the linguists rolling their eyes now. It essentially means... To, to, you know, shelter in place, batten down the hatches is another colloquialism in other parts of the U.S. They mean kind of the same thing. So hunker down is really you need to be prepared for, you know, what's coming, whether it's a storm, stampede, being quarantined, etc., whatever that is. That's what hunker down essentially means. Are you ready then to... Hunker down with our COVID-19 edition? Um, Absolutely. I'm ready to go. You are now listening to This and That with David and Brenda. As we said in the intro, this is COVID-19, a.k.a. the coronavirus, hunker down edition. First time listeners to This and That with David and Brenda, you should go back and listen to... Our podcast, was that episode 42? Yeah, so 42, where we spoke at length. But you want to listen to our first coronavirus episode and then the second one for the update. So this is not our our first time going into all these things. Large swaths of the world are shutting down. Uh, And other parts have shut down before. If you've been following this, you know that... um, China essentially put about um, literally 100 million people on you know, house arrest and they quarantined about you know, just under a billion people for the most part, restricting movements and so on. So that happened in China. Such small numbers. <laughs> um, so Italy right now, they started out um, dealing with coronavirus. The numbers started getting out of, out of control and they first started with where it was regionally with a, a village, village area. So it was like around 50,000 people. Then it was all of Northern Italy. Then now, which was, you know, about 16 million. And now it's a whole country. So it's like 60 million plus people under lockdown. Spain is following suit, starting Madrid, France, the UK. Um, the UK was trying to hold out, but I heard today that they're starting to do some of these things. 
So and in the U.S. here, state by state, you may be in a state that's declared a state of emergency and as part of the state of emergencies, certain events may have been canceled or you can only have gatherings up to so many people. This is, you know, U.S. were very decentralized, so it's going to vary state to state. Um, and then also the thing that I think got tons of people's attention is when the NBA essentially, you know, postponed or canceled the season and then all, everybody followed suit and tons of people were saying here in the U.S. we have what's called March Madness, which is the NCAA men's basketball tournament, the women's as well. But that's a smaller, smaller scale, so to speak. Um, and everybody was like, oh, that's not going to cancel. They'll play the games and there won't be crowds. But it was like, no, they're going to shut it down. And, and they I, shut it down. I think that's what really got people's attention. No, the because, NBA no, did. Uh, well, for you. what really got my attention was when the NCAA came back and said, March Madness is shut down. Right. And I really... never, ever would have thought in my lifetime, March Madness would not ever be played well, I look at the numbers every day, as you well know, and I'm looking at the numbers for all these different countries, including the U.S., and when I say the numbers, people, I mean the numbers of confirmed um, cases of COVID-19, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and you can see it, and I, I was tracking, it's getting a little bit harder now, but I was tracking really state by state in the United States at the county level. And you could see this thing was exponential. I didn't need a press conference to tell me that because, uh, you know, numbers math. You could see it's exponential, and this was getting out of hand. So I was not, I was, as you know, Brenda, saying, when are they going to, they're not serious. When are they going to stop this stuff? They and need what, to stop it. How do you define exponential? So two to the, if you remember your math, two to the, the so-and-so power, that's what I mean by exponential, growth. So that's how this virus spreads. It spreads exponentially, not one-to-one. -one. If it spread like one-to-one -one or something like that at a slower rate, then people wouldn't be as, as they would be concerned, but they wouldn't be deliberately alarmist. And they're being deliberately alarmist. It's kind of like Y2K, where the people who were trying to get movement around the world for Y2K were being deliberately alarmist to get people to act before it became a problem. And that's what they were try trying to do. But we're you know, we're somewhat too late. Uh, but don't take my word for it, folks. We're going to have um, the experts talk about things so that um, it's not just me and Brenda. So let us start with uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci, who has been the longtime head of uh, the National U.S. National Institutes of Health, Infectious Disease and um, um, Allergy. Uh, he's been that head of that department going back to the AIDS epidemic of the 80s. 78, this is, not, this is literally not his first pandemic. So we're going to start with Dr. Fauci and some sound from him, and then we're going to come back and discuss that. I think Americans should be prepared that they're going to have to hunker down significantly more than we as a country are doing. All right, so that's the first sound from Dr. Fauci. I'm going to play a little bit more. Um, and this was from today, March 15th. He was on Meet the Press this morning. So that was a soundbite from him this morning. So let's play another bit of sound from this past, I think this was a press conference Wednesday. So let's do that. 
country to realize that as a nation, we can't be doing the kinds of things we were doing a few months ago. That it doesn't matter if you're in a state that has no cases or one case. You have to start taking seriously what you can do now that if and when the infections will come, and they will come, sorry to say, sad to say, they will. All right, again, that was Dr. Anthony or Tony Fauci. The point Dr. Fauci is saying, and he's not the only one, but um, the point I was getting at is we said in our coronavirus update, don't listen to the politicians, listen to the scientific experts from you know NIH, CDC, you're, hopefully you've got a good state um, director of public health, things like that. And that, that male or female should be a medical professional, scientist, etc. You want to listen to those people, unless you're in a state or a country that's in denial, and you know if you are in one of those places. Um, because they're the folks who are not sugarcoating it, and they haven't been for the most part. So Dr. Fauci's been saying for a long time, um, slowly ratcheting it up, we need to build capacity, we need to do this, and now we're at this phase where essentially we need to hunker down. And people still aren't thinking about this in the right way. This isn't going to... He gave another, another interview, and I'm not going to play that sound. We thought about it. He gave an interview to Good Morning America this past Friday. I'm not going to play it because this is too many pieces of sound. Um, where he, he said that the time, timing he's thinking about is at a minimum about eight weeks. His exact quote was eight weeks or more. And that's the way you should be thinking. So if you've got like a three-week quarantine in kind of in your state or something like that, um, the experts, and he's not the only one, the experts are saying much more. And I'm hearing more people this Sunday saying what the data suggests, um, that we're looking at months. In fact, our governor here in Ohio pretty much went out there. He, he, he said the months were. Um, and that's what people are looking at. And I think Andrew Cuomo, um, the governor of New York as well. That's what you're potentially looking at if they don't get a handle on this. Now, why is that? And before we get to the why, I don't know, Brenda, if you want to add something? Well, I just want to say that, you know, when we talked about this early on in earlier podcasts, just like Dr. Fauci, we always said it wasn't a matter of if, it was always going to be a matter of when. And the same thing applies to the fact that we need to be prepared and get ready to hunker down. Because it's not a matter of if you're going to have to do it. It's a matter of when you're going to have to do it. Correct. And the reason as to why, um, again, instead of Brenda and myself telling you what we research, here's a soundbite from uh, Dr. Amy Acton, MD, MPH, uh, who's the director of Ohio Public Health. Here, we're in Southwest Ohio, for those of you who are new. So she has been on the ball with this, as has the governor, Mike DeWine, and his whole cabinet. They pretty much, once they've been monitoring this slowly, 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 but once um, things started looking really bad in Italy, that's when it's like, you know, they started really ramping stuff up. So without further ado, here is Dr. Acton. 
talking about bending the curve, big rocks, and layered Swiss cheese. What we are instituting right now has four simple rules, and it's called, you know, we went from the containment phase where we hoped, you know, with early diagnostic testing and isolation and quarantine and borders, the dramatic moves that the president took to contain it, but eventually we always knew we'd reach mitigation. And this is, this is very important here for people to understand. It's early, targeted, and layered interventions. Early, targeted, layered. And timing is everything. There's also a matter of how severe a pandemic is. And when you look at the guidance that the CDC put, C put out on schools, it goes from what is guesstimated to be mild to moderate to severe. And that impacts the duration of the interventions you put in place. Now, this, this disease is interesting for several reasons, and it's different than H1N1 in, in some circumstances. The travel that we do now is different than 2009. Our dependence, you know, we've learned a lot about, and we'll learn a lot more in days to come about, you know, the PPE, where it's manufactured. We will learn a lot about our medical supply. Um, our communications and our social networking, all of that is a little different and it's factoring in, plus the fact that our studies are ongoing all the time. So what are these four interventions? They save lives and they have to be implemented together. If you are sick, number one, if you are sick, stay home. That is isolation for the ill. Isolation equals ill. Two, if someone in your home household is sick and we've talked a lot about households you stay home too and you quarantine so quarantine is for people who might have been exposed back when we had our 200 and some travelers but it is for people who should stay at home three social distancing and isolation that is our six feet that is our mass gatherings eventually as, as this progresses. That is getting us out of socially dense situations where we have rapid transfer, again, one person to 2.28 people now on best estimates and onward. These are the individual controls as well. Everything, keep doing it, it so works, the hand washing, the coughing, the not touching your face, which I'm desperately trying not to do, it's hard, I know. And um, all these things are what matter. Now, last stage, of course, are the things we've taken, school closings, and eventually, if needed, the daycare closings. Those are the hardest, and you'll hear experts debating about this forever on the networks as we speak. And it is because um, you have to take the risk benefit of it. You have to think about your nurses who have kids in school and you need that workforce. You're weighing elaborate groups of things, but even in the modeling, they took this into account. And they have what they call cascading consequences. And they're actually, we're rolling out. We have to move quickly in this case, so we're doing our big rocks. But in the days to come, and just this day, um, Director Hall, and, and you've heard about the work she is doing, we will keep layering and layering this response with all the supports that people need. But that is how this works. Now, it's, this is a key point. It's not perfect. Any one of the four interventions themselves only does so much. It's like Swiss cheese. Like you have one piece of Swiss cheese and you've got some holes in it. But if you layer Swiss cheese on top of each other, if you do it just right, you can cover up a few more of the holes. It gets harder to harder and get through. So you've got four Swiss cheeses. 
you're getting about 80%, maybe, that's a guesstimate, you'll have to live with me on guesstimates in this world, and, and, and therefore you're getting more impact. And as I said, timing is everything because it's a lot like a fire. These non-pharmacologic interventions that stall us and slow us down are like when you have a fire on your stove and you have your kitchen extinguisher, you want to get it quick and you don't want the fire to get out of control. And so you really want to beat that upward slope of, of, of infection. Now that's tricky and, and experts are going to disagree and there'll be postmortems. But you know, when I talk to my colleagues in Washington, they wish they could have done more sooner. And so we're learning, we're learning from Italy, we're learning from some of the data we're seeing around the world. Now, Brenda, I know you love that Swiss cheese analogy from Dr. Acton. <laughs> no, I, I think it's a great analogy. It is, it is. Because you, it, it, it means that you're not gonna solve this all in one day. Um, and it's not gonna be one thing that's going to reverse the uh, the COVID-19 that's going on right now. It's going to be a little bit of this here, a little bit of that here, a little bit of this over here. All of these things put together, layered one on top of the other, that's going to combat this issue. Well, right, yes. When I was doing cybersecurity, cyber defense, it's the same thing. You want to have a layered approach. There is no magic bullet. There's no one process or technology that was going to quote-unquote save you and that's the, that's what they're doing here now let's let's break some things down for people who have not been you know following this as closely as we have to, to try and unpack some of the some of the terms that she kind of threw out there um, when she talked about this curve and you may hear other people talk about it what they're going off of is a model that was developed um, you know early part of this century after uh, the H1, you had H5N1, H5N1, not H1N1, but H5N1 during the, um, first you had SARS, which is a respiratory ailment that's based off coronavirus, and you had H5N1, which was a, a variation of, of um, either bird flu or swine flu, I don't remember which right now, and the Bush administration after that, brought together a bunch of experts to put together disease modeling on pandemics, what did they need to do, and the like to handle that. And one of the things they came up with was a, a graph, this curve, where it's, it's two, two different curves that you see. You have one that looks like essentially a mountain, and you have another one that's a little bit flatter and goes further, further out, because the first one goes up, peaks down, peaks way up, and then slowly comes down, and the other one kind of like, um, goes up, peaks very, very slowly, comes down very, very slowly, but it's only maybe about 25% to 30, 33% as big as the other one. And on the, the, the axis, what this is, is your hospital capacity. What they're trying to do, when these people talk about bending the curve, they're trying to not have our hospital system collapse. That's what happened in China, and that's what has is, is happened in Italy. They, their capacity to handle sick patients with uh, COVID-19 um, overwhelmed their, their healthcare systems. That's why China had to quickly build these 200-plus bed hospitals, and they built them both in you know, like no, 10 it, days. It wasn't 100-plus bed. It was 
A thousand, yes. I'm sorry. Yes, thank you, Brenda. A thousand plus. It, we can't do that over here. And I know when people when they said they were going to do that, a lot of a lot of people around the world, not just Americans, were probably like, "That's just that's just a load of hoo ha." And those who listen know that hoo ha is a technical term I throw out. Yes, everybody. <laughs> hoo ha is one of his technical terms. That he just loves to throw out. Yes. So people thought it was a bunch of hoo-ha. Now, having been over in China, and, and, and when I was there, actually, um, they were had broken ground um, not too far from where we were where we um, were staying, the hotel we were staying in, which was near the, the, um, the business there, so there for business. It was close to that. But about... Two or three blocks away, and Chinese blocks are bigger than New York City blocks, so this was like miles away. But they had broken ground, and they were going to build this huge apartment complex for workers to come in to work at this factory from you know the hinterlands of China, the rural places of China. So it was going to be um, this huge, you know, think you know, um, you know, like U.S. project buildings that they don't build them like that anymore, but that's what they were building. I forget how many stories they were going to be. And it was like, they had just broken ground. I was like, oh, when is this supposed to open? And, and our, our guy was like, oh, it'll be done. It'll be done before you leave. And we were like, huh? No, folks, it was done. It was done and furnished and ready for people to come in. And this, so I wasn't shocked when they said they could build a couple hospitals in 10 days. Because I'd was. seen it. I was shocked. They, it's just, just they got tons of people. They got billions of people. You just don't understand the scale of, of stuff. But I digress. So we can't do that in the U.S. You can't do that in Italy. You can't do that anywhere except in, in China. So we got to make sure. So that's what they did. Plus they did this massive, put people under house arrest. It's a communist country. It's a police state. So they put their people under house arrest. We can't do that either. We're trying to do this, you know, hunker down, quarantine stuff. But like Dr. Fauci is saying, it's got to be even more of what people are, 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 have put out there. We're, we're really not gotten to the point where it will potentially slow down that curve. I think this is all we have to say about hungering down for COVID-19. Think again. We'll be right back after this message. to this and that on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and other major podcast apps and services. And we're back. Let's talk some more about how you can hunker down or what you should know about for hunkering down for COVID-19. Already, if you look at what's happening in Washington State, which is kind of like the epicenter in New York now, which is really the epicenter, they're running out of you know, equipment for the workers to stay safe. We don't have the capacity for the the ventilators, if people need ventilators or respirators and on and on and on, that kind of equipment. And you can't just have the equipment. You have to have specific rooms because if there's a power blip, that equipment can't just stop. It's got to keep going. So it's got to be on the right circuit of conduit that's on a, 
you know, emergency power room. You may need negative pressure rooms that, you know, keep viruses out and things like that. We don't have enough of this stuff in all the places that we would necessarily need it. And that's what people are trying to avoid when they talk about bending the curve. They're not talking about people dying. They're not even talking about people not catching COVID because the smaller curve, it's, it's really kind of the same number of people, but it's stretched out further over time. And that's, again, being in security. I know security is really risk management. And what they're trying to do with this quarantine is, is lower people's risks so that, you, you know, the same number of people may get COVID-19, but it's going to take longer so our hospital capacity doesn't collapse. Now, there's some flaws in this, as I see, because every state's doing their own thing. But unfortunately, here in the U.S., the feds are very, 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 very slow. And, you know, I'm not the only person that has said what needs to happen is like World War II. The federal government needs to say, oh, you, this factory, you make, um, I'm just making something up. You make, um, I don't even think there's anybody who makes blue jeans in the U.S., but just as an example. Instead of making blue jeans, you're going to make hospital gowns, the, the protective hospital gowns, and so on and so on and so on. And the, we got to do that because, unfortunately, because of globalization, a lot of this stuff is coming from overseas and specifically China. Well, you know, China was shut down and still primarily shut down. The stuff that they're starting up is, um, um, you know, uh, high-tech equipment and, and things like that uh, to keep, keep um, not just their own economy going, but some of the things that they need themselves. And, and that's a big problem. There's a lot of precursors, a lot of medicines, a lot of, you know, vitamins, things like that. They all come from, from China or India. India, two weeks ago, said to the world, y'all ain't getting this. They, you know, oh, you know, we're not supplying you with um, this, this ingredient that's used in this, you know, blood pressure medicine that is a generic that most of the people around the world might be using. You know, sorry, not going to do it. And this is a problem. So the U.S. government needs to... Act like this is World War II and tell governments, just like in World War II, it was like Ford, Chrysler, GM, you're not making cars, you're making tanks, you're making Sherman tanks, you're making Jeeps, you're on and on and on. You're doing this, you're doing that. Folks, you're not doing this anymore, we're going to ration, et cetera, et cetera. They got, we got to get serious about this. And the hunkering down is going to last a while because we don't know who's infected, sadly, sad to say, because of the test situation. And speaking of not knowing who is infected, um, there are ways that we as individuals need to help out as well. Yes, absolutely. And that's part of um, doing social distancing, doing whatever is ha happening in your state. Here in Ohio, we basically shut down the state. And, you know, at tomorrow, Monday, um, the schools are going to close this weekend. They're figuring out how they're going to do um, teach people uh, remotely. Also, a lot of kids are dependent on schools for meals. How are those meals going to get delivered, and so on? And there are a lot of there are a lot of volunteer groups that are are, are working on that as well. So, and not just here in Ohio, across the country. Um, I, I know that's happening in other parts of the country as well. And that's where you could pull together. I mean, church services aren't happening, but you and your church group, there may be things you can do. Who are your elderly members? They can't fight the lines at the store, and they, you know, ordering online is not an option for them. 
So how are you going to make sure that they've got enough food and water, et cetera, to get through the, the period? And these periods are going to roll out because it's like boiling a frog. Okay, this and that listeners, we don't boil frogs, all right? That was just a phrase. They don't want to, the governments don't want to, the state governments, they don't want to panic folks. So in a lot of cases, they don't know as well, but they're looking at specific models, just like um, Dr. Acton spoke about and, and Fauci is kind of alluding to. They're looking at th these models that have been you know, done and proven out, and they also can see what's happening in Italy and Spain now and elsewhere. And we're like two to three weeks behind where Italy is. If you hadn't heard that, I'm putting it out there because I want our loyal listeners to be prepared, and you need to tell your social network folks. We, unless there's like a major intervention and stuff and, you know, all of a sudden test kits coming down is not what I'm talking about. It's kind of a little too late for that. You may have heard that from some folks and they get beaten around by people saying, oh, we got we're, we're kind of unfortunately past the, the test kit phase. That's why people like Dr. Acton said, we're in the mitigation phase and I'm not going to go through the six stages of the pandemic. You can go online and listen to Governor DeWine's press conference and you can hear her talk about the six stages of pandemic and everything else. We have moved past containment, which is where testing would have helped, and we're now in mitigation. And one of these mitigations is the quarantine, isolation, hunkering down, whatever you want to term it. That's where we're at right now. Can you define that for me, please? The words are social distancing, quarantine, and isolation. Sure, yes, because people are throwing these out and they're trying to make it interchangeable, and, and they're not. So social distancing is essentially keeping your distance between people so that um, we reduce the spread. And the recommendation out there is that we should stay six feet apart so that um, when people have their, you know, are conversing or the like, or if they cough or sneeze, etc. that, um, you know, and I hate to be graphic, folks, sorry, that spittle or, you know, mucus, etc. doesn't land on you. So they're saying they're recommending six feet apart. Again, and I guess I'm used to this stuff because I, I did cybersecurity, this is risk management, people. It is not, you're six feet apart, you do not have zero risk from this happening. Every study out there shows that spit, etc., can travel up to, and on average, usually goes about eight or nine feet before it hits the ground. They're just trying to be practical here, and you're reducing your risk. So a lot of the things people are asking the country, you know, various people in various countries to do, it does not bring the risk to zero. The only way to bring the risk to zero is, is well, I'll get to that in, in a bit, um, All right. your risk. What so about, that's social distancing. Okay, what about quarantine? Quarantine is uh, you are well, but you are, you are suspected, suspected of potentially having COVID-19. So you should quarantine yourself. Um, or, or in some countries, they may quarantine you involuntarily if it gets to that. Um, some of that happened in China. And essentially what that means is stay away from people. Uh, that's what that means. You, but you are well. The whole point is um, you need to be tested. So you're waiting for you know to be tested and or your test results to come back. So you are 
quarantining yourself so that you do not uh, essentially, potentially, cause harm to other people. But you are well. And a lot of this hunkering down, again, it is, you know, kind of extreme social, it's kind of like a combination of extreme social distancing and also, you know, uh, potential quarantine. Because, you know, especially here in the United States, we don't have our testing act together. So, hence, we're hunkering down. People, we're shutting stuff down. And the whole point is, we can't tell, we don't know who's infected, who's not infected at this point in time. As they would say, we don't know what we don't know. Exactly. Now, what about isolation? Isolation is for people who are ill. They are known to have covid so they are going to be separated from those who are well. And it doesn't matter if they are showing symptoms or not, need to be in ICU or not. When you, you have this, you need to be isolated. And isolation, isolation, think, segregate, separate out. You, you want to remove those folks from folks who are well so they, they don't infect other people. That's what isolation is, means. So if you're talking about, and, and most of these terms I hear getting mixed up is people are using isolation when they really mean quarantine, and they're using quarantine when they really mean isolation. And these are technical terms, and folks should make sure that they're using them properly because they may end up talking to somebody who, it's like jargon. You won't, don't, don't use these buzzwords unless you really know what they mean because otherwise you might confuse people. Okay, then. Part of what we're talking about in mitigation is each of us being individually responsible in our, in our actions. For example, if you know you don't feel well, don't go out. Don't put other people at risk because you are sniffling and sneezing and you haven't gone to your doctor yet to find out if you are just uh, just sick with the flu or if you are sick with something more elaborate like COVID-19. I mean, you have to think about other people besides yourself. Uh, that is absolutely correct because, unfortunately, this is where the media, and I know they only have so much time to talk about things, but I think they've given a false impression, I'll put it that way, to folks about this. So I'm sure a lot of folks who are not over, not over the age of, you know, um, 60, that's the major risk group, or they don't have, or they believe they don't have any kind of underlying pre-existing conditions such as diabetes, and it doesn't matter if you're type 1 or type 2, or, you know, they, they haven't had cancer or going through cancer, they don't have anything else that will immunosuppress them, they don't have hypertension and so on, they're thinking, oh, I get this and I'll be fine. 80% of the folks who get it, um, you're going to get it, and it will be so barely noticed, that's that. 20%, not so much. And now the 20%, um, those folks, again, smaller percentages, and I'm not going to go through those percentages right now. I might give a link to it, I may not, of, of the, how those risk factors go up um, throughout age. But the, the problem is, if you look about look around this stuff, there are people in their 30s who end up in ICU. There have been people in their 30s around the world who have died, and they haven't smoked or anything else. They don't really understand this virus that well. And there are studies that show, for example, out of Germany, 
uh, not Germany, Hong Kong, where they looked at the folks that had corona, coronavirus there, and um, that was across the spectrum. I think the, the median age was like 40-something, so half the people were below 40, they're between 20-something and 40, and the other half were above 40. And all those folks, um, the ones that, that didn't pass away, um, they had decreased lung capacity of 20 to 30 percent. And some of them have organ, you know, certain types of organ damage, tissue damage. And this is looking, it might be permanent. So again, the things that this disease is new, no one really knows everything that's going on there because they're too concerned about, about other things. And the doctors and scientists are talking to each other, they're putting these papers out there every now and again, um, you might hear snippets of this on a program, but probably not, unless you're like me and you can monitor a whole bunch of different sources and, and pick up on this stuff. And these are the stuff that's out there, like kids. A lot of people are saying, well, kids aren't affected, but they can get it, if you hadn't heard. Children can get this, um, but they, the working theory is because their immune systems are you know, new, they haven't been stressed, they aren't, it's not going to really phase them, I'll put it that way. But they can spread it. And there are a couple studies, one out of Germany, one out of um, China, I believe Hong Kong, that show that not only do children shed the virus, as they call it, when they're asymptomatic or seem to be asymptomatic, they are like super spreaders. So, which, you know, it's like common sense. We know kids pick up a lot of things and they spread a lot of things. And that's why folks are shutting down schools because they know the kids aren't going to die, but they can spread it to other people in their family. And some of those people in their family may be in those high-risk categories. So that's why the schools are getting shut down. So again, don't think about yourself. Don't worry too much about the technical stuff. These folks have more information than they're saying. And unless you're doing your own research, you're, they, you may see some decisions, you're like, huh, that doesn't make sense because, but they're not, they're not spending the time to educate you. And Dr. Acton, who actually was a professor at uh, The Ohio State University, she likes to, you know, quasi-lecture when she explains stuff, and she does her math because she put the models up there and people were poo-pooing it because the media here was announcing when the state of emergency came up because DeWine said there, there could be, you know, the, uh, 100,000 uh, Ohioans infected with COVID. And you heard on talk radio and everywhere else, people were like, wait a minute, New York City's got all these people in there saying it's only like 6,000 people. In Ohio, you're saying it's 100,000. Somebody's wrong here. So the next day, they did a press conference, and she showed her math and the models and everything else, and it's just simple math. And, you know, so who's downplaying? Well, they didn't downplay because that's what the models show. And we can't prove it because there's not enough test kits, and by the time the test kits are out, nobody's going to care because there's going to be a whole bunch of other problems going on. So um, we want to make sure that you've got your hunker down kit. What do you need to do to get through this? And again, oh, well, before you get down, before you get to the hunker down kit, uh -huh. there's one other thing I want to want to say on this topic. Go ahead. Um, when you are taking personal responsibility um, think about when you're living with somebody and someone in that in your household has been diagnosed with COVID-19 
and they are on the 14-day quarantine. And you have now been tested to see if you now are a carrier of COVID-19 or if you have it. And your test results haven't come back yet. Don't go out and mingle with the public because you don't know if you do or do not have it. Uh, because we're hearing stories where things like that have happened. Yeah. Where family members have been diagnosed with COVID-19 and other family members because they just had an event that they just had to go to went to these other events before their test results came back. And guess what happened? After the event was over that they went to, they found out that they were diagnosed with COVID-19. And so now they have put all these other people at risk that was at the event that they went to. So people really, really need to think long and hard before they do things. Uh, that, that's well said. Well said on that. Um, hopefully, more states will shut down so the, and, and the gatherings will be smaller and smaller. So the risk of if somebody does something silly like that, they'll only put a few people at risk, hopefully. But yes, please don't put other people at risk. This is not the time to be selfish. You really need to be empathetic and think about your fellow human beings. This is the time to think about it. Um, so should we get into the checklist now? Yeah, let's go ahead and get into the checklist. Okay. So friends and family who know me know that, and I'm not ashamed to say, I am, although I would say I am a quasi-prepper, they would say I'm a prepper. I just don't have, you know, a bunker yet anyway. I would say he's a prepper. <laughs> to me, I'm a quasi-prepper because I, I don't have a bunker. I don't have he a bunker. Is, no, he's not a quasi-prepper. <laughs> he's a prepper. So, yes. I, yes. So, fortunately, knock on wood, we, we were already kind of prepared in a lot of ways. But we want to help you all out with this. And this list comes from, primarily is based on what the Red Cross, CDC, Ready.gov, DHS Info, and then, you know, yours truly, uh, my spin on this. Now, you want to have at least, um, and this was before, I put this list together before things started shutting down. You want to have at least, if, if you're schools or whatever, if you're on like a three week or whatever, you want to look at that shutdown let's say like Ohio is the schools are, you know, technically three weeks, although that number keeps changing. You want to double whatever number your state officials are telling you. You want to, if you can, and I know not everybody can do this, you want to have at least double that amount of time. So if it's three weeks, you want to have six weeks on hand, non-perishable food. Why do I say this? Um, not to panic anybody, but you see what's happening with, and people keep calling this panic buying, panic buying. The toilet paper is panic buying, but some of this other stuff, people are on lockdown. You see what's happening with Italy. You, you don't know what's going to happen with the supply chain. I was looking at a video, and you, I showed this to you, Brenda, where up in Mahoopany, Pennsylvania, there's a Procter & Gamble, which is the you know, global consumer products giant. They have a plant there that makes paper products, and they supply the entire East Coast with you know, Bounty and Charmin, toilet paper, etc., 
There are trucks, literally, the, the video shows trucks literally for miles because that's the backlog for folks trying to get supplies of toilet paper because it supplies the entire East Coast. So folks are talking about our hospital capacity, our supply chain, and I used to work in what's called product supply, which is like manufacturing, distribution, warehousing, etc. One of the many things I, I did. And I know that we can't handle, you know, just normal people needing to hunker down. Everybody needing to hunker down. We can't do that, even if there wasn't panic, quote unquote, panic buying. So this is why you want to make sure you can and, and have these supplies on hand, just in case. Maybe a miracle will happen. More than likely, you know, that doubling of whatever hunkering you're under, they're going to continue it. This is, you know, the experts are saying right now, given where we are, unfortunately, we're not looking at weeks, we're looking at months. And that's kind of what Fauci was hinting at without saying it, because he wants to keep his job. Let's just be real about it. Because if he really said what he would like to say, this is my opinion, I don't know, but I think he would like to say, y'all need to hunker down and plan for X number of months. But he knows if he does that, he will be fired, you know, before he left the studio. And, so and he's I'm, saying what he can say. I'm not Read between the lines. I'm not a prepper. I'm not folks. mad at him. I'm not a prepper, folks. But I would say, make sure that you do what you need to do to get through at least the fall. I mean, yeah, okay. You, so you're gonna go there. I'm See, I, go there. I didn't want to scare people. But that's not, <laughs> I am not scaring anybody. I'm just saying, me individually who is not a prepper would want to make sure that I have access to stuff that's going to get me through the fall. So no, I'm not going to go run to the store right now and buy toilet paper that I have to put in the closet that's going to last me until September. But I will get enough to get me through the next say old month maybe um, or a couple of weeks and then go back next month. Exactly. Buy another supply that will get me through a few more weeks, another month or whatever. Exactly. And then the next and month, go buy some more. And I will keep doing that until probably September, October, when this COVID-19 should have peaked by then. I'm not saying it's going to be over, but it will have peaked by then. And then reassess and determine what you need to do differently. And, and that's, how, that's how we do it. Brenda stole my thunder on that one. But that's how you do it. You don't buy it all at once in bulk. If you can, financially, more power to you. You know, most people listening to this um, are not going to be able to do that. So you buy what you can when you can. But you want to get those non-perishable items, canned goods, etc. Um, um, rice other types of grains, pastas, and so forth. You want to stock up on those. Um, you, you need to have... Uh, and while you're stocking up, do check the expiration date. Yes, Because you don't need to be buying things that will expire next week if you're planning to keep it until, say, June. And, and most of the dates are not expiration dates. They're best buy dates. So you want to check online. I would check online before I even go to the store if you don't know. So, you know, if you grab that, those cans of corn, etc., and they have those dates, what do those dates really mean? 
and so forth. Because, for example, um, you may need, you know, you want to make sure you have a supply of water on hand because you just don't know. When there may be folks who are, if this gets really crazy, you know, too sick for water. So you want to make sure you have supply of, of water on hand uh, as well. And the recommendation, Red Cross recommendation, is like one gallon per person per day, and they recommend a two-week supply of water, just in case for whatever reason your, your water is not going to be flowing from your taps. So I, I think that's good, good advice there. You want to make sure you have your personal hygiene products, um, you know, soap, feminine hygiene. Toilet paper. Yes, that's where your toilet paper, tissue, etc. And some of this you want to get extras in case, you know, people get sick because you may be in some hot zone and they may, and they may say, well, if that person has no underlying conditions, whatever, and they just got that, write it out at home. So you want to make sure you have enough tissues and everything else and disinfectant wipes. And I know a lot of these things are hard to find now, so um, you, you want to get what you can when, when you can. Don't pay crazy prices. I'm hoping, at least in, here in the U.S., that government sources will stop some of the price gouging that's been going on on certain items. Um, your medications. If you take prescription medications, you want to make sure that you know, if your insurance will handle it, um, so you may have, to, some of you may not be able to do this, but talk to your insurance company if you need to, talk to your doctors, get a 90-day supply. Get your 90-day supply of your prescription meds so you have it and you don't have to go out the door to a pharmacy where there'll be a bunch of sick people around, especially if you're in high risk or there's somebody high risk in your, in that high risk category in your home. You want to avoid folks, and this is for when things, you know, are getting towards that peak. Uh, and, and the peak may, hopefully the peak will come sooner, depending on when folks act and things like that. They're trying to, to at least here in Ohio, they're, they're modeling right now and trying to do things so that the peak happens sometime around May. And as Brenda said, that doesn't mean it's over, but sometime peaks in May, but it's going to keep going the way... If, um, one infectious disease person said to think about this for hunkering out is like, and I would put this in my terms, if you watch the Nat Geo show Life Below Zero, you know that they spent, and this is about people who live literally, um, you know, right around the, the Arctic Circle in Alaska and the like, in various conditions. When it is not winter, when it's summer, and summer in Alaska is only maybe two to four months, it's a little bit longer now because of global warming, they are scrambling. These are people who live subsistence, self-sufficiency. They are scrambling to get enough food, supplies, firewood, etc., to make it through winter, which is going to last for them. You know, that season is six months or more. And that's the way people said to think about this. Think about you got to get through a season, not a couple of weeks, or a couple of months, you gotta get through a season. So that's the way to think about this. And if you you want over-the-counter medications as well, so your aspirin, Moltrin, whatever, for people who may get sick, or whatever you need to do, if you if you're taking other type of over you know vitamin supplements, etc. You want to make sure you have all that stuff. Don't forget about your pets. You want to make sure that your pets have you know supply of food, litter for cats, etc. And so on. Chew toys. Baby supplies, same kind of thing. You want to make sure you have that. 
Um, then you need something for entertainment, for sanity. Uh, you know, if you've got, uh, which most people in, in, in the developed world, you got some kind of streaming service, whether you're talking Netflix, Amazon Prime, whatever. You know, how many books do you have? Do you have streaming music? You want to do something. You got kids. You have things to entertain your kids because school's going to be out. Um, and, and the like. Board games, cards, etc. You want to have that stuff already. You don't want to be wandering around if your area becomes, you know, a, a hot zone. And in fact, in some cases, like in Italy, it, you've got to have a reason to be on the street. Otherwise, the police will ticket you. In some cases, they might arrest you. Might come to that here. Don't know. Now, wasn't it Mark Twain that said in the book um, A Tale of Two Cities, this is the worst of times, this is the best of times? I think or, it was Dickens wrote or, A Tale of Two or, Cities. Well, whoever wrote it. <laughs> yes. Um, but isn't that line in there? Yes, that's a that's how the that's how the the book starts. Okay, so at this moment, you are having the worst of times with trying to hunker down and get ready for COVID nineteen and what you got to go through. But it's also the best of times because it's forcing you to spend time with your kids, family members, that kind of thing. So, family game night watching movies together, um, sitting at the dinner table together, all of that is coming back. So that's the best of times as part of what we're going through with the COVID-19 stuff. Well, it's, but see, that's one of those things that depends how old you are. For a lot of people, that is like unknown. They never had that. So they're going to hopefully discover well, their version of they're it. They're going to discover <laughs> their version of it. And it's going to be a layer of the best of times along with all of the worst of times stuff that's going on. Some of that will happen. I think, I, I think a safer prediction is um, whenever, sometime in 2021, there will be a baby boom in the United States. That's my prediction. Hey, I wasn't going to go there. I'm going there. There will be a baby boom. You know they will. Yeah, they, happens after hurricanes. And there'll probably be some kid whose middle name is COVID. Something. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Corona. There'll be some variations of that. Um, uh, the other thing, if you are into prepping, you have a bug out kit. I'm not going to get into that because I don't think it's necessary here. I do not. This is not the apocalypse. This is not the end of, you know, civilization as we know it. Um, don't see that with this event. Now, you know, if for whatever reason this thing mutates and becomes more like the uh, pathogen in the movie Contagion, then, you know, yeah, you need to have a bug out kit and a plan if you need to escape your city or area because it's you know, a deadly hot zone. But I don't see that happening here. Speaking of movies, mm -hmm. would you recommend that people watch that movie? Yes, Steven Sonnenberg's Contagion 2011. Um, I, I, it was, it's a good movie. To, and anyway, and when this stuff started going down, I was like, this is just so crazy because it's so much like that movie. Um, Matt Damon, um, oh, I can't think of her name. Um, it's married to the Coldplay person. Rousseau? Oh, no, 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 that's Outbreak. 
okay. No, this is Matt Matt Damon, um, his wife. Um, 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 I can't move on. This is very, well, I, I can't think of her name. I can see her face. Tony Stark's um, um, Pepper, Pepper Potts in, in the Marvel movies, which doesn't help you, I know. Because you're just so behind on the Marvel Universe. Yeah, um, but anyway, it's a good movie. It has Lawrence Fishburne. And like, hey, but I did it, watch Captain America, okay? <laughs> finally, yes. But, um, <laughs> but, um, and I'd recommend that I, as part of entertainment for those who are confined to their homes because of their being on lockdown. Watch Captain America. Yes, and Contagion, if you're not easily frightened... You can watch that movie because it might give you an idea. Idea it might be too realistic, an idea of how it, how things could go, you know, really really bad. Things could be much worse because that's that's what happens with Contagion because it's much deadlier than what we're dealing with here. But you see a lot of things around CDC and the like and and everything else. So you might get some other ideas uh, for your own personal safety actions. Which to um, summarize here. Remember, social distancing, that's keep six feet apart, etc. Stop shaking hands. Um, you know, hunker down, quarantine at home. Wash your hands, wash your hands, wash your hands. We've gone through that in previous podcasts. Um, so I'd refer people to those. And have a plan if you or your loved ones become ill. Uh, you need to have a plan of what you're going to do. You may want to talk to your, your doctors or have other folks get to know your neighbors. What is that really going to mean if you become really, really ill and there are folks who are depending on you? What, what's going to happen then? And stay informed. Don't and, put your head in the sand. I know for a lot of... To, when you're talking about staying informed, make sure you're listening to reputable sources because when I hear people tell me about some of the um, sources that they are listening to, and I'm thinking, Why? I mean, for example, and I am not um, saying for anyone to go out and do this. As a matter of fact, I am saying don't, and I say don't in capital letters, go out and do this. But I was talking with someone, and they told me that someone was telling folks the way to combat COVID-19 was to drink Diluted bleach with water. Now, is that crazy or what? Well, it's, it's, I don't know, which is crazier, that or there are a lot of people who are, you know, with a straight face. These are African Americans saying black people are immune from COVID 19. And this is what I'm talking <laughs> I mean, until and really a few days ago, is what I'm that was like prevailing wisdom amongst a ton of information. Yes. That was like prevailing wisdom amongst, I would say, maybe, you know, 20 to 25 percent of black folks in the United States. Oh, well, we can't catch COVID-19. If you can catch <laughs> the flu, which is a coronavirus. Have you seen anybody on TV with black? Of course. With it? You haven't seen anybody on TV with it. You can catch COVID-19, which is a coronavirus. Yes. A common cold is a, corona, is a coronavirus. And they're very strange to that. I mean, it's just, it's just crazy stuff. And another um, crazy misinformation thing that's out there, the adult beverage, Corona. Oh, yes. There are people who have stopped drinking Corona 
Because they don't want to catch the coronavirus. Now, granted, I don't drink. So I am not saying um, I am not going to drink corona. But it ain't because I think I can catch the coronavirus. That's not why I don't drink corona. But you got folks out there that think, oh, I need to stop drinking this because I'm going to catch the virus as a result of this. Yeah, and those were crazy humorous examples, but it's other stuff. So as Brenda said, you want to make sure you're, you're reading and listening to reputable sources. And that would be uh, basically you could go to your, your news channels. And I, when I say news channels, I mean hopefully you're in a city with good local news channels. I think the local news people are doing, at least here, um, until very recently, we're doing a better job than the national news channels, the, um, the um, um, uh, cable news networks, I think, at least in our area. I can't speak for other areas. But you want to read online, reputable you know, newspapers, your major newspapers, and so on. You want to listen to our podcast because we are monitoring what the experts are saying as well as, you know, as well as what's happening in our state because at least our state government is not in denial that they're on the ball and they have folks in the public health area that know she knows what she's doing and all the other folks. They know what they're doing, at least in our state. You know your state. You know if your state's on the ball or not on the ball. That's all I got to say. Um, at the national level, um, can listen to, again, um, Dr. Fauci. Also, um, another voice you can listen to is the U.S. Surgeon Gen General, Dr. Jerome Adams, um, uh, Rear Admiral, when he's, <laughs> that's what we'll go back to, Rear Admiral in the Navy, when he's not doing Surgeon General. And he had some really good straight talk, and I think we're going to do this and um, get the segment closed out on it. I want you all to understand some straight talk from the nation's doctor. We really need you all to lean into and prioritize the health and safety of the American people. No more bickering, no more partisanship, no more criticism or finger pointing. There'll be plenty of time for that, but we all need to hit the reset button and lean into moving forward the health and safety of the American people as our top priority. More stories on how people can protect themselves more people on how people can get the resources that they need that we've unleashed from the federal government and state and local governments. Less stories looking at what happened in the past. Again, there'll be time for that. I want you all to understand, as Dr. Fauci said, this will get worse before it gets better, but we are making progress to flatten the curve. We are making progress. Three important points. Number one, almost all people will recover. 98, 99% of people will recover. People need to know that. And we heard a great story on NPR this morning about an 89-year-old from that nursing home facility in, uh, in Seattle who is recovered. Number two, we must lean into protecting the most vulnerable, those with chronic or severe medical conditions, especially seniors. Now is the time for us to lean into that, and we are taking the measures to protect them at HHS. Secretary Azar, Bob Cadlick, Bob Redfield, Admiral Chihuahua are hard at work right now leaning into that from the federal level, but we need your help. Social distancing and mitigation, they're not to protect 
the 30-year-old or the 20-year-old from getting coronavirus. They're to protect your nana. They're to protect your granddaddy. They're to protect the people who you love in your lives, and we need your help. And finally, we all have a role to play. If we are complacent, selfish, uninformed, if we spread fear and distrust and misinformation, this situation will last longer and more people will be hurt. But if we pitch in and we share the facts, we will flatten the curve and we will overcome this situation. So finally, my prescription, know your risk, understand your circumstances, and get the facts to protect yourself at coronavirus.gov. Well, you heard the Surgeon General's prescription. I think that was good, straight talk. Again, all within this theme of take this seriously. Think about others with this. It's not about you. It's about the community writ large, humanity writ large. Comments? Send your feedback to this and that at aboutgreatercincinnati.com. It is time to take the episode and upload it to the cloud. In our efforts to inform, inspire, impact, we've provided on this, our 44th edition of This and That, our Hunker Down Coronavirus Edition. And we hope that the information that was shared here will be useful to those of this and that nation. And um, we hope in our efforts you have um, gotten from this conversation uh, the following, which is pack your patience because the coronavirus is not something, or shall I say, shall I say COVID-19 is not something that's going to end in a few days. And you also need to make sure that uh, you, you have the right information. Because there's a lot of misinformation out there. And so you have to make sure that you are picking apart what is useful and seeking out information from reputable sources. And then finally, um, stay connected with people uh, because we're in this as a community. And the more we can reach out to those folks who we feel are not connected because of the fact that they now are being quarantined or isolated or not able to get out of their house because now they can't go to uh, community functions, which have now been canceled or whatever, uh, staying connected with folks will go a long way. Right. And again, let us know what, what you're doing to get through this time period. Um, send us an email, this and that, at aboutgreatercincinnati.com. Drop us a comment wherever you're listening to this podcast. Uh, we'd like to know. We read all the emails. We read all the comments. And again, uh, who knows? It might end up as being uh, chatted about by Brenda and myself during a future episode. And one thing is for sure, this will not be the last time we speak on this particular topic. Unfortunately, that's true. So until the next time, 
All the best. Stay woke. Peace out. Bye, folks. You have been listening to This and That, a podcast collaboration about some of everything about anything. This has been hosted by David and Brenda and is presented by AboutGreaterCincinnati.com. Music by Poddington Bear. Please subscribe to our podcast so that you can stay up to date about future episodes. If you have any comments or suggestions about this episode, future episodes, interested in sponsorship and or advertising, please email us at thisandthat at aboutgreatercincinnati.com. All rights reserved. Thank you and all the best.